Hello, Hosebo. Ni hao. Welcome to Planet of the Climates. POTK is a climate owl podcast, bringing you the latest information and insight into the world of climate action. Climate is a blockchain protocol backed by carbon credits that gives people a chance to fight climate change as a collective. My name is Phaedrus, and I'll be your host on this adventure. I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Rekuman. So today we're talking with David from the Play to Learn Foundation. Let's jump right in. So today we are excited to introduce you to David, Executive Director of the Play to Learn Foundation. They're an innovative nonprofit organization focused on equipping gamers and entrepreneurs alike with the education and resources they need to succeed. They've also just partnered with Community Gaming and have become one of our growing roster of Klima Infinity partners. We'll no doubt learn all about their organization and this partnership. But to get us started, David, how about uh, telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, your history, perhaps? Yeah, thank you. I'm very happy to join the podcast. So I would say I'm a gamer at heart. It was a passion that started very early in my life, but I was also very interested in music and that led to the music industry. So I worked professionally in the music industry for about 10 years, composing, uh, remixing, producing, owning a studio and a production company, etc. And doing that and doing that for 10 years, I, I still had that kind of itch and I was always playing and doing other things. And of course, as the internet boom started towards the end of the 90s also of course games coming online after pac-man and all these games got interested in you know castle wolfenstein doom quake oh classics classics real classics and and of course it all came online and the gaming industry just became from a very kind of niche to thing to really start it so i just got sucked into it all and it just felt so much more innovative and interesting than the music industry so i just left i still have my love for music but the other passion felt more pioneering opportunities to compete in computer games. I mean, the sportification of gaming, although we didn't even call it esports back in the days, but I was so convinced and, and felt that there was a great need of starting to structuring tournaments. So late 90s, we started doing this and, and organized esports tournaments, became an entrepreneur within gaming and, and esports, but then also getting involved in internet cafes and that idea of coming together and playing together which led also for me to start getting involved in dreamhack which was more like the extension of the whole you know gaming culture lifestyle etc and then we built up a four days of festivities a gigantic uh, spectacle so to speak around gaming and esports and youth and young people coming together and really being passionate about something that that has a tremendous power. That's awesome. Yeah, following your passion from music to gaming, that's excellent. Yeah, and I think that there's a strong correlation between the two. It's, it's quite interesting because earlier when I was playing in a band, I, I kind of saw it like the you know correlations between being in a in a team or a clan, as it was called early on. Yeah, totally, man. Totally get you, man. I really love how things evolve from uh, where you were to where you are today. Maybe you can share with the listeners here a little bit about play to let and uh, what sets you apart. I mean, there's a lot of things that are happening there. And I mean, I was partly with some other, you know, festivals and concepts that I've been involved with over the years, including Campus Party, etc. I really felt that there was a need for something else where you can actually pursue these ideas and passions, etc. And 
I got an opportunity to be involved with some industry peers that we kind of sat down and shared a lot of commonalities and ideas of what the foundation could be in terms of games and using gaming as, as a way of really creating impact, you know, for also for social change, that there's something positive. I think sometimes gaming maybe can be a distraction or etc. But it doesn't have to be that way, right? I mean, if you look into a lot of academic research being done, you see there are other strong indicators that you can actually use gaming for education. And I think esports is a strong argument for that you can also engage youth and structuring them and teaching them, etc. And and the, the whole idea of that you play to earn that I think really reached its peak during 2022, it's, it's an interesting concept, although it I think that there's a lot of interesting things in terms of also how future work and how technology is changing things, etc. And, and I think our idea with we kind of think a little bit of the DNA of play to learn, because obviously it's kind of bordering play to earn, play to learn, right? It's inherently and very centrally for humans that we learn through play. But then also the fact that this can lead to something I call play create learn. You start getting passionate, start getting inspired, you explore different worlds, you start learning and creating also in that process. People need to understand more of how technology works and how you can integrate it in your life, right? I want to work a little bit like what I've done inside of the gaming industry, etc., but taking that into more of the NGO world. And that was something that really I found tantalizing to pursue that and see what if, you know, what can happen. I think that's the whole thing of how entrepreneurs are born, the what-ifs. Well, what if this happens? What if we can do something to solve it? Especially now, you know, with the recent rise of Axie Infinity, right? A lot of kids, you know, jump into the bandwagon, making a lot of money, but not realizing what to do with the money instead. And I was just thinking to myself while you're talking about it, like, is there like a way to create games that, you know, revolves around financial literacy where you can learn and earn in that sense? And to really do this as a way to educate, I mean, like what you mentioned earlier on about how many people not having a bank account and there's actually some studies that I've read that there is a possibility that eventually this group of people that has no access to a bank account, the next so-called bank account is actually a crypto wallet. No, I, I think you're you're definitely onto something. And I, and I think as much as I really am convinced that blockchain and these other things with crypto wallets, etc., is a golden opportunity to make more people inclusive that doesn't fit the regular bill, so to speak. But also the flip side of this is that the accessibility and the, the reach that people can start doing transactions and that they traditionally could not do also means that, like you were saying, younger people get exposed to it and they get drawn into it, etc. And I, I think my take is a lot of that there is it is an educational aspect of financial literacy, of course, learning things like revenues, costs, making a budget, and how can I invest? How can I calculate the interest rate, etc. And research shows that as much as that is a skill that you can acquire, it's only a part of the equation because you can go through these programs and in the end, nothing happens anyways. So it seems that like a lot of things is also that there's a behavioral change. So that there is a psychological aspect to it. And I, I think that means also that reaching youth and schools need to earlier introduce these things to be aware of financial potential, but also the risks, right? The scams. I mean, if, if you really don't know about them, you're also more susceptible. 
Thank you, David. That's excellent. You know, I don't know if there's a logical segue here, but could you perhaps speak to like, how did you first hear of Klima then coming from this music and gaming community? When did Klima first get on your radar and uh, what was that all about for you? It was really on top of mind of many gamers around the world. The question of sustainability, that is, is, is a central question that every organization and company, but also individually, right? I kind of owe it to when I became a father, a lot of things changed. And there's something that happens in your mind, I think, when also when you see your own child and you're thinking about the future and you start seeing other kids and you're thinking about the future. And then, of course, when people think about the future today, we're thinking about the all of these challenges that we are in, in front of. So it wasn't originally, I think, in our plans, but it became like an uh, auxiliary, more central thing that all the other things that we're doing is resting on top of that. And of course, seeing the capabilities of also how technology is evolving and, and the kind of what we're seeing on the horizon with Web3. And we started doing research and to say, what is it that we can do in this space and how can we utilize our insights in the gaming industry? And I think also it, it's with the background that I described also with the interest of gaming that we in fact have today, literally 3 billion gamers on the planet today is also a fantastic opportunity to find a commonality, but also start working with it and creating awareness and, and then also start feeling participation, right? Remember, I talked about community and the way of working together. So looking at technologies and, and the interest of blockchain, also how that creates a transparency and a track record that is uh, verifiable, etc. And and thus also create accountability it was something that i really liked and looking at tokenization different tokens etc we realized that we did some technology and then we came across the climate dow which i really became very fascinated about because i saw it as a completely turnkey solution or, or really good fit to what we were thinking and before i was kind of struggling a little bit but how, how could we do this how could we scale these ideas and reach out and, and then Voila! <laughs> my Madao came there as a piece of the puzzle, so to speak. So that was how we started getting involved in that. And I think it's inspiring and, and also encouraging to see the potential of this and how it, we can all contribute, which I think is, is really what we have to do today. Uh, living in this little blue planet flying through space and, you know, we, we're all in the same boat. Well, that's beautiful. It sounds almost like a little bit of a love letter to the planet, which I know we've had around our uh, Clima Infinity campaign there too. So just to be clear that the foundation has offset its uh, operational footprint with Clima Infinity. Is that right? Yeah. So the interesting thing is that it started then to grow on us that, that we wanted to launch a pilot program. And that idea was to reach out to different stakeholders within the gaming industry and to start helping them to think more about sustainability. And when you start offsetting and you start looking into this, is this that you become carbon negative? <laughs> but I said, well, that sounds so negative. You know, we should be positive. And then the, the in-between was that you become climate neutral, right? When you start offsetting and you start doing this thing. And I say, no, we got to do more. We got to be more, you know, climate positive. It sounds positive. It's good. So the first project we did was to work together with this online gaming competitive esport platform in the U.S. called Community Gaming. Because it was, once again, it was this idea with that there here's a lot of online gamers playing and they're making these transactions and all these things. And what are the concerns? And, and they had talked about it. And we, from the foundation's perspective, said, look, we think here's a great opportunity that we're starting to learn about these things and we could collaborate. So we helped them to not only offset the on-chain transactions, 
that they historically have done, but also really looking at their organization and then buying carbon credits, etc., and starting to offset uh, even for the whole organization for a whole year, etc. So it comfortably put the whole uh, company into climate positive. And I think it's an interesting way to do that. And and the approach was also to choose a token through the climate DAO interface and uh, etc. was Moss. It was one of them, apart from the climate token as well. But to, to really also uh, preserve rainforest, I believe that the, the best way is to protect something that already exists because you also preserve the whole ecosystem, right? I mean, it's, I, we felt that there's so many positive aspects that comes out of that if you don't devastate the rainforest to begin with. And it's not just about uh, calculate that, okay, we produce this much carbon, let's offset it. Um, it's not that simple, obviously. Uh, and that's why I think we want to go much further and longer. But it's a good way of starting creating awareness of sustainability and work on it on many, many different fronts. And one of the ways of doing this is by doing uh, this. <laughs> oh, excellent. That's great. So you're able to use the selective retirement through that partnership with Community Gaming and go in and pick and choose the tonnage and the impact that you want to have on very specific projects. Yeah, and I think it's a really interesting way of working so we proceeded now in the beginning of the year we're taking the next step in this pilot project and that's together with we haven't announced it yet but i can talk a little bit about it it's a partner that's based in new york it's called brooklyn so they're more of actually what would you regard web 2 which is kind of talked uh, the old world the old uh, way or they're more offline right it's a gaming center people come there on the computers etc but i thought it was a great part of covering that as well because it's not the new tech it's also the old tech i mean all kinds of things so if our focus is uh, to start onboarding partners within the gaming industry it was a natural step so they're part of this pilot program but then as i described we're also looking at different festivals and and gaming lands around the world and also gaming publishers will also come so that's definitely something that we were very focused on and climate dow for us, is a central partner in making this possible. So that's really a great way for, for us to collaborate on that. Wow, that's excellent. So really this, you know, quote unquote, partnership with Play to Learn really is about much more than just that one-to-one relationship, but it's about this network where you're having these ripple effects, these connections that you're having here. I, I think that we want to jump in there. They just start uh, starting around, you know, pushing in a way and saying, look, here, we can do this. There's a lot of things we can do. Remember, I said something about changing the narrative and, and start create not only uh, creating awareness that things can be changed, but also start getting more participation. And I think the gaming industry and the different stakeholders in there have a great opportunity because they reach so many people around the world with their products and what they're doing. So it's, it's a great opportunity for, for the whole gaming industry to lead the way, literally, right, and be part of that change and that transformation to a more sustainable future. Oh, that's excellent. So it really is about much more than just saying, like, here's a way to compensate or make up for your footprint, but it really is about transitioning into that positive realm of making a real impact for the future. Yeah, because I think it's an exercise that is really good also on an individual level that, you know, it cannot stop with that you're just thinking about your carbon footprint. I think it's too shallow. I think it's too limited and not very inspiring, right? Um, you know, it, it becomes a bit abstract, right? 
So we felt also that we wanted to more count trees and talk about more physical things and see what does this what's the equivalent to that. And so a short-term goal was to to preserve 10,000 trees. And I, I think the way that we're going, we're going to bump it up to much larger numbers. And I have a really big number in my mind of where I think we can go and should go. I, I think that there's a lot of interesting things that are going to happen during 2023. And our motivation is to be part of that and help contribute from our vantage point, so to speak. I believe that we can do a lot. The winning formula is to work together, you know. That's right. In gaming and in refi, don't go it alone. We're stronger together. That's for sure. Definitely some inspiring words to start off the year here. Uh, intentions for 2023. Love it. So David, yourself, have, you are very ingrained in the industry. What are the big picture trends that you're seeing and you're most excited about? I think that there's a lot of things to be excited about. And, and I have to say that it's also a little bit it's so overwhelming what I see is coming around the corners. It's also a little bit frightening, but I think overall it's good, but we have to pay close attention to it. I mean, let's go with the easy ones. I do believe that in an extension that VR has huge potential, but I think it's mind-boggling what the opportunities are with VR going forward. Same thing is with AR, which is more like, you know, when you put a layer on top of the world. But once Apple and the others start figuring out and you have much more mainstream solutions, I think that the prospect and the possibilities of AR is also unbelievably mind-blowing. But like I said, these are kind of some of the more easier figure-outs. But something that I am completely passionate about this of course what's happening within ai and in particular machine learning because that's really what it's all about I, i've been dabbling around that with, with that for about a year and just the, the progress right now is so big that it's hard to keep up <laughs> with all the updates and, and i think ai will so completely transform things and that of course has its extension into vr and AR as well but i think 2022 was the tipping point and now it seems like it's just all bets are off and this is just taking off enormously. I, I, I can't even find enough words to describe what, what, what it feels like uh, dabbling around with this, but it is pretty amazing. Overall, I'm very positive about it. That's so cool. I just randomly, again, too, over the last few days, was thinking about you know the potential there. And I'm sure I'm not even you know getting past the tip of the iceberg on what's possible, but just this idea of like NPCs in games, instead of being scripts or options that come up, what if that NPC was an AI and you have all these different NPCs, they're AIs, and as you interact with them, you're having more organic, dynamic, unpredictable, like everybody's gaming experience could be different, right? Yeah, and I think that that's also kind of the promise of a good metaverse, so to speak, not the overhyped Facebook trying to transform second life <laughs> old uh, shelf. I, I don't know. I think Facebook, uh, Zuckerberg bet completely wrong. But I mean, if you combine all of these things and thinking and how things, the, the, literally the, the borders between different formats and technologies and how they get more, more and more blurry, like how we as gamers traditionally talked about in real life and you know, as opposed to gaming worlds, etc. I mean, this is more and more becoming integrated, let's say. NPCs, but also not only that, how you can interact in gaming worlds, but also how you develop games, right? I mean, you will shorten the game development process. I mean, the, the, the possibilities with coding also. It's just like unbelievable. I see that using AI as a sounding board creatively how to think about things and, and i use it as a, my inner dialogue and it's really great 
but also as uh, learning new things and have it as a guide and teacher to some extent but also when you are coding or doing other things that you it can scan for bugs and problems and come with suggestions of code snippets i mean it, it 100x in productivity looks really to to be possible right i saw somebody tweeting the other day saying that it's not AI, they're going to replace people is people with AI that will replace people. And that I think is kind of true. So it will shake up our labor markets and people really need to strap up. And that's why it's also even more important to work with technological literacy and, and also train people to work with these instruments. Because I see that the benefits of having assistance in many, many different forms is really valuable. And I think it will increase our living standards and just think about the applications within medicine and bio-research and biotechnology. I, I mean, we're really like in, in the dawn of a renaissance and a major breakthrough that I think is not possible without AI. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, I also personally think that eventually the way people use ChatGPT, it's going to accelerate things we do. For example, writing a game, the initial phase of starting to build the skeleton is always the hardest part. And I think that's where... AI comes in to help you build that skeleton and that's where you start to build. And I think definitely you accelerate a lot of initiatives and a lot of like probably even research itself, like especially we talk about like medical advancement. I think that's something that is really, really exciting. And yeah, of course, when you talk about really exciting, I always want to hear what's exciting for you. Like what's next for play to learn? Let's say short to midterm in 2023 now going forward is definitely progressing with this pilot project within the gaming industry and and so i said what was next was brookland and then we will proceed with other partners within the the gaming industry working to developing more our curriculums and educational programs that we've been planning etc i think we've been looking for quite some time now to find suitable platforms you know to packages etc i mean you have open source opportunities and like youtube and all of these things etc but we're kind of looking more for an integrated solution and something that adds more value and also that you can bring people together and you can work and that you learn in the context. There's a lot of benefits in that, etc. So we are in various discussions, etc. And I hope that we soon, because as it is with technology and you have one platform that maybe suffice or solve some of your uh, ideas and uh, needs that you have and then there are other parts that uh, you need to complement with something else so that's the continuous effort etc i think we're looking at latin america as a very interesting geographical point because it's a lot of young people a lot of gamers i mean brazil for instance is like a nation of gamers i, I think the average age is like 27 so everybody in brazil literally they are so into gaming so it's it's a very interesting culture, but also the challenges that exists also. Lots of vulnerable communities, etc. So we think that that's something that we will work with NGOs and local partners, but also the rainforest is there. And that's I'm very passionate about trees these days. I, I love the rainforest. There's uh, so much wisdom and, and other things uh, kind of built into it. One just needs to spend some time in a rainforest and it kind of changes you. I, I don't know what it is. It is something really special. It really makes you appreciate the beauty of nature. Like, everything's just so beautiful. you like, why are we destroying this? Like, I know it's a bit like shilling, like we are tree huggers in a sense, but like, it's definitely an experience uh, for sure. 
And I, I really thank you very much for you sharing so much. But if people want to know more about you, where can they go to find out more about Play to Learn and yourself? I think uh, the natural uh, springboard for that is our website, Play to Learn foundation start joining us and join the conversation on twitter and, and other places as well linkedin is a very good way as well to get involved that's something we want to do going forward i, I think what you mentioned that kind of not only aesthetic experience of nature but also reconnect a little bit like i said for me if we can be part of changing the narrative that yes there's a lot of problems out there but we can still do something about it because Something that hurts me the most is when I see young people starting giving up on life and just feel like, oh, to hell with it, it's too late anyways, and the world is going to come to an end. And it just makes me so sad. And I want people to feel that there still is a chance. We still can do something about it. We can all contribute. If we're going to go down, let's do it together. But I mean, definitely, uh, we, ha- we can do something about it. So I think that's what we're going to pursue going forward now. And I said, come on, as a gamer, we all know we just don't want to give up, right? I mean, this quest is going to end well. I like to take the positive stand on it, that we can prevail. That's beautiful and inspiring. It might be the boss level, but we've got this together. (laughs) Yeah, correct. For sure. Okay, thank you so much, guys. Have a good day or a good evening, depending on where you are. I'm looking forward to continue this. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right, take care, David. Bye for now. It was great to connect and chat with David, learning more about his background and the Play to Learn Foundation, everything they're getting up to. Reiku, what really uh, stuck with you? I know that was a really fun conversation to have, but it's your top highlight from that chat. Wow, I have to say that it was a really fun conversation. Uh, we can go on and on because I, I, I believe you and I, we love games. So this is something that like we can just keep going on and on. But I think the one thing that really resonated with me was about learning. I think a financial literacy is something that I truly believe that we need to educate the young, especially now with you know so much play to earn kind of games that are happening in the market right now. It's very easy for young adults who just oh I can make X amount of money by playing some games and I just like forego studies and you know uh, you know develop bad financial habits or even making bad financial uh, financial decisions and I think that's the part where it really resonated with me that he's also really focusing on the education side of things and not just that you know uh, blockchain it's good but at the same time you know education on how to manage your finances is equally important as well look for me as well too I mean not to uh, you know both take the same point but it really was about the learning aspect too so again for folks that don't know i've got a background in psychology too so what david was talking about this you know play to learn aspect it's just you know fundamentally as humans when we learn when you're crawling on the floor when you're playing as a two-year-old as a five-year-old as a ten-year-old or whatever we learn and we explore that's you know by playing with others by we learn by interacting with the environment it's really true like you do learn a lot better and uh, and it resonates or it etched in our memory a lot easier when it's like you're learning and playing at the same time all right so thank you for tuning in we hope you enjoyed the conversation as always you can help this podcast reach even more climates by leaving a comment or review on your favorite podcasting platform for everything Klima, make sure you're hitting up Finance, where you can find every POTK episode and most importantly leave your very own love letter to the planet and help us fight climate change 
That's it from us. We look forward to connecting with you once again on the very next Planet of the Climates.